Welcome to another episode of the Blind Tag Podcast here wherever you get your podcasts from. My name is Kyle Nashheim and after diving into the archives of the deep recesses of my hard drive on my laptop, we're back and as I promised, we're going to talk about minor league baseball realignment. Now, this comes on the heels of minor league baseball postponing its triple A season until May. Uh, this would also be in line with when the rest of the minor leagues would start. Um, they were going to do a staggered start, or typically, typically in the past, uh, say opening day was on Monday. The following week, um, minor league would go on triple A, double A, single A. Uh, the short seasons would start in June. So, they decided to consolidate. Uh, some organizations had like 13 teams, some had 10, some had 9, so they decided to consolidate. And now each team has a triple A, a double A, a high A, a low A, and they will still have at least one or two developmental leagues, no teams. So, um, a lot of these traditional names in uh, Independence League, in the International League, Pacific Coast League, South Atlantic League, um, Carolina League, those that are more commonly known, we do not know what these leagues' names are going to be because they have not announced who those leagues or what the leagues' names are going to be. Right now, they have placeholders. So, I say, what the hell? We just dive right into it. Um,. Triple A. Now, once again, all these, all these tiers, Triple A, Double A, they have 30 teams to match the 30 teams in Major League Baseball. If they were ever to expand, there would be new teams in each of these tiers. So, they basically took all of the International League and Pacific Coast teams. Now, and another thing they did is they wanted to make this as geographically close as possible. In the old Pacific Coast League, you had teams in Omaha and Nashville having to go make constant trips to Las Vegas, Reno, Sacramento. So they wanted to try to limit that as much as possible. Maybe the global pandemic kind of pushed them in that way. So first and foremost, let's go to the eastern side it was divided into triple a east and triple a west the west only has 10 teams the east has 20 this also tells you that basically six of the 10 teams had to do a lot of traveling in the old pcl so the triple a east is divided up into three sub uh, three divisions or i will say we'll, we'll say the Triple A East and West are the conferences, and these are the divisions. So, in the Midwest, you have from the old International League the Columbus Clippers, the Indianapolis Indians, the Louisville Bats, and the Toledo Mudhens. Joining them from the old Pacific Coast League is the Iowa Cubs and the Omaha Storm Chasers. Another team is actually coming up from the American Association, which was an independent league, the St. Paul Saints. Yes, you're going to have some teams that were formerly independent teams that are now full-fledged members of minor league baseball. In, North, in the Northeast Division, which really was, there's really no change from a similar division that was in the International League. You got the Buffalo Bison, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, the Rochester Red Wings, the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders, 
I still think they should be called the paper, you know, Scranton, the office. Uh, the Syracuse Mets and the renamed Worcester Red Sox. They were the Pawtucket Red Sox. They just moved cities. They didn't move leagues or anything like that. Now, finally, you have the Southeast League or Southeast Division. You have teams from the International League, from the Charlotte Knights, Durham Bulls, Gwinnett Stripers, and the Norfolk Tide. That was the former like Southeast Division or South Division in the International League. They were joined by the Memphis Redbirds and Nashville Sounds of formerly of the PCL. And in a move up, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Yeah, the Jumbo Shrimp. Have moved up from Double A, where they were a member of the Southern League, to Triple A. So, congratulations. You, uh, you moved up. And I hate to tell you, but Bulls and Knights, they love to eat shrimp. I'm just, just saying. Not, not like I'm trash talking or anything, but I'm trash talking. Now we move over to the West. In the East Division of AAA West, I know, just, just, just wrap your mind around it. You have the Albuquerque Isotopes, the El Paso Chihuahuas, the Oklahoma City Dodgers, and the Round Rock Express. And they are joined by an independent team, formerly independent team, the Sugarland Skeeters. <laughs> Skeeters. And in the West, you have the Las Vegas Aviators, the Reno Aces, the Sacramento River Cats, Salt Lake Bees, and Tacoma Rainiers, formerly of the PCL. Now, there are there were a couple teams that were left out in the dark in a way now we will get to some of um, their destinations sooner um, for example the Fresno Grizzlies were a member of the PCL they got booted down all the way to low A what a kick in the balls that not only are you not good enough to be a triple A team you gotta go all the way down to the bottom of the ladder that's like Becoming the CEO of a restaurant chain, and the next day, you're a dishwasher. Not disrespecting, because I've I've done the ladder job, not the not the CEO job. Uh, so we'll see. The San Antonio Missions were sent to Double A, and the New Orleans Baby Kings. <laughs> who re relocated for Wichita for the 2020 season that did not happen, are now moving to Double A. So, they're going to be the Wichita wind surge, which, um, thank God they're not in Texas, otherwise they would have found some reason to blame this team on its recent power issues during that horrific horrific winter storm so that is triple A now let's go to double A now in the past there were three leagues that represented double A it was the Texas League the Eastern League and the Southern League um, some teams get, 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 did get booted. Other teams are coming in. So, let's look. Now, you have the Double uh, A Central Conference with the North Division consisting of uh, Arkansas Travelers, Northwest Arkansas Naturals, Springfield Cardinals, Tulsa Drillers from the old Texas League. And joining them is the Wichita Wind Surge previously of the PCL. In the south, you got the Armadillo Sod Potters. Potters. Uh, Corpus Crispy, Christy Hooks. The Fresco Rough Riders. The Midland Rockhounds. And joining them from previously the PCL, the San Antonio Missions. So, 
the let's see what's the best in, in the central division like I said no teams were eliminated um it was basically it's the old Texas League that just had two teams added now we go to the Northeast double a Northeast in in the Northeast Division of the Northeast Conference, can I'm, I'm glad these are placeholders because if this is actual, announcers are going to hate it. You have the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, the Hartford Yard Goats, the New Hampshire Fisher Cats, the Portland Sea Dogs, and the Reading Fighting Phils, and they are joined by a former Atlantic League independent team, the Somerset Patriots. Now, the Southwest has all Eastern League teams in it, or former Eastern League teams in it. Akron Rubber, Rubber Rocks, the Altoona, Altoona Curve, the Bowie Bay Sox, the Erie Seed Wolves, the Harrisburg Senators, and the Richmond Flying Squirrels. Oh, come on, man. Who doesn't want a matchup between the Jumbo Shrimp and the Flying Squirrels? I'm just saying. Now, based on those teams, it looks like it's the entire old Eastern League. Um, yeah, the old Eastern League. The Somerset Patriots actually take the spot of the Trenton Thunder, who was left out and will end up joining the new Major League Baseball Draft League. All right, now let's go down south. And this right here, looking at it, looks like it's the old Southern League. Um, with the exception of losing the Jackson Generals, whose future as of la uh, the middle of February was unsure. So the Northern Division will be the Binghamton Barons, the Chattanooga Lookouts, uh, the Rocket City Trash Pandas, formerly known as the Mobile Bay Bears, the Tennessee Smokies, in the south, you got the Biloxi Shuckers, the Mississippi Braves, the Montgomery Biscuits, and the Pensacola Blue Wahoos. Now, you might remember the Binghamton Barons as the team that Michael Jordan played for when he tried his baseball career. The only sellouts it ever had. I'm just going to go ahead and say. So, this is freaking ridiculous. So, that is double A. So, we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we're going to get into the high A and low A portions of the show. We'll be right back with more right after this. Before we get back to the podcast, I want to let everyone know about my intro. That is Sax Rock and Roll by Kevin McLeod. This song and other songs that are royalty free are being able to be found on incomtech.com. Alright, welcome back. And this is where we get a little complicated when when trying to do the realignments. In high A, which is known as A plus or advanced A or They had five leagues to cram in together. So you have 
Let's see. All right. So let's go out west first. Um, high A West. This actually does not have any divisions because there's only six teams in it. And they are all from the former Northwest League. You've got the Eugene Emeralds, the Everett Aqua Sox, the Hillsboro Hops, the Spokane Indians, the Tri City Dust Devils, and the most original team name ever, the Vancouver Canadians. So now we go. to the central part, the high, uh, high A central. And this is where, well, now we don't really have fun because it looks like it's the old, mid, uh, old Midwest League. So in the uh, East Central, you have the Dayton Dragons, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, the Great Lakes Loons, the Lakes County Capitals, the Langston Lugnuts. Aw. All we need is a total time reference. And the Western Michigan Whitecaps. In the West Central, you have the Beloit Snappers. The Cedar Rapids Colonels. Uh, that's a, a popcorn. The Peoria Chiefs. The Quad City River Bandits. The South Bend Cubs. And the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. What? All right. So, now, one thing I do want to mention, the um, Northwest League was not an advanced A League. They were a low A League. So, that entire league got called up to high A. And we're going to see that here in a little bit. Now, the High A East. We have from the New York Penn League, the Aberdeen Ironbirds, the Brooklyn Cyclones, and the Hudson Valley Renegades. Joining them is former South Atlantic League team, the Jersey Shore Blue Claws, formerly known as the Lakewood Blue Claws. And joining them from the Carolina League, of is the Wilmington Delaware Blue Rocks. Now the um, South Atlantic League is a low A was a low A league. The Carolina and the New York Penn League were advanced A leagues. Now here's where you get some fun. In the high A East South Division, you have from the Atlantic League, uh, South Atlantic League, excuse me, the Asheville Tourists. The Greensboro Grasshoppers, which that is a nice stadium. I used, I used to drive back and forth all the time passing that stadium. The Greenville Drive, which I believe um, Bennett saw a few games there. The Hickory Crawdads and the Rome Braves. Joining them from Advanced A... Midwest League is bolt is the Bowling Green Hot Rods, and from the former Advanced A Carolina League, the Winston Salem Dash. So, you have um, Asheville has a um, a rival in Hickory. Greensboro's got Winston Salem. I don't know. Bowling Green is just the odd one out, honestly, in my opinion. So, let's look who they lost. So, uh, in the, the Northwest League, two teams, the Boise Hawks and the Salem-Kaiser Volcanoes, um, are bo both joining independent leagues after not receiving an invite to this new... Uh, International League. Uh, let's see. Four teams were removed from the former inter, uh, Midwest League. The Burlington Bees and the Clinton Lumber Kings are going to a Prospect League. 
uh, Kane County Cougars are going to the American Independent American Association. They're filling the void left by the St. Paul Saints. And then um, let's put it this way: the New York Pin League. Only the three teams, uh, Aberdeen, Brooklyn, and Hudson Valley, out of the 14 that played in 2019, were given um, invites. The majority of them are headed to the new Major League Baseball Draft League, which we will talk about later on. Um, yeah, that. We're talking about messy. That is messy. Now, now, don't worry. Low A is calmer. Now, let's get to Low A West. On the northern side of things, you have the former Triple A team, Fresno Grizzlies. The Modesto, joining them, is former California League teams, Modesto Nuts. San Jose Giants and Stockton Ports. In the south, you have former uh, California League teams, Inland Empire 66ers, the Lake Elsnore Storm, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes. I believe they are the Young Bucks' favorite minor league baseball team because they are from Rancho Cucamonga. Just saying. And the Vizalia Rawhide. Rawhide, yeah, I knew. So I think the only um, the only difference is they replaced the Lancaster Jethawks, who are as of this uh, middle of February are trying to figure out what they're going to do with the Fresno Grizzly. Then you get to Low A East, and you have three divisions of four teams. Once again, these are as geographically based as possible. In the north, from the South Atlantic League, you have the Delmira Shorebirds. They are joined by former Carolina League teams, Fredericksburg Nationals, the Lynchburg Hellcats, and the Salem Red Sox. In the central, you have, and all of these are in North North Carolina, which is which is awesome. You have from the former Car the Carolina League. You have the Carolina Mudcats, the Down East Wood Ducks. They are based outside of Fayetteville, I believe. Then you got the Fayetteville Woodpeckers. Joining them is from the old South Atlantic League, the Canapolis. Cannonballers. Now, here's an interesting thing. If you saw the show on Netflix called The, the Crew, um, it's up now. First of all, hilarious. The show's, the show's funny. But in one of the episodes, Kevin James, who plays the crew chief, is actually wearing a Canapolis Cannonballers t-shirt because the team is based in Charlotte and Canapolis is close by. Um, this is also the team that after uh, 20 years ago became was known as the Canapolis Intimidators because Dale Earnhardt owned a stake in the team and they that was their name to honor him and they and they kept the name after he passed away in the final lap of the Daytona 500 20 years ago wow I can't believe it's been 20 years but let's let's go to the South Division of the Low A East. You have the Augusta Green Jackets. I wonder why they're called the Green Jackets in Augusta. Hmm. Joining them is the Charleston River Dogs and the Columbia Fireflies. All three of these teams were in the South Atlantic League. Joining them is former Carolina League team, the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. So, you, 
I mean, it's it, it's a good little division. You know, Augusta's very close to really the border of Georgia and South Carolina. So, you really think about it, Augusta and Charleston are natural geographic rivals. Then you got Myrtle Beach and Columbia. So, I do want to say that they have not released, like, how schedules are going to be. I guess they have another month to figure that out. And in low A, Southeast Conference, all of these teams are from the former Florida State League. In the East, you got Daytona Tortugas. Wait, that's a thing? <laughs> the Jupiter Hammerheads, the Palm Beach Cardinals, and the St. Lucie Mets. In the West, you have the Braden Marauders, the Clearwater Thrashers. Threshers, the Dunedin Blue Jays, Fort Myers, Mighty Muscles. <laughs> okay, the Lakeland Flying Tigers and the Tampa Tarpoons. Now, let's look. In the East, like I said, you have a mix of Carolina League. The Frederick Keys who was a member of the Carolina League, uh, did not get an um, invite, and they are now um, going to be in the Major League Baseball Draft League. And two other teams, the Lexington Legends and the West Virginia Power, are still looking for new homes as of the middle of February when this article was written. Uh, in the Southeast... The Charlotte Stone Crabs folded up shop. They ended their um, run as a team. Uh, the Florida Fire Frogs. Fire Frogs? The hell? They're still looking for a place to play as of the middle of February. So. Now. You also have the entire Pioneer League. In the entire Appalachian League, those were rookie league um, teams, uh, leagues. They are still in existence, but they are no longer affiliated with um, minor league baseball. So. I mean, you have, let's see, in the uh, New York Penn League, you, let's see, the uh, teams that are to be determined, um, you have, actually, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, what's this going to mean for the future of the sport? We'll be right back. Welcome back. So now we've gone through triple A, double A, and high A and low A. What about the quote unquote rookie level? Um, now, the Pioneer League, which was a uh, rookie league level team, where bases like where the draft, you know, you get drafted in the Major League Baseball draft. Unless you're like the top first round, unless you're the first round pick, you're more likely going to a rookie league team. Now, they will go to, uh, you know, the teams complexes that have like complex teams or whatnot. Um, the independent team, or as I like to call it, the uh, Major League Baseball's partner leagues these are unaffiliated leagues but they do partner with major league baseball to help just promote the sport so you could say you're a member of the houston apollos of the american association of professional baseball you have a breakout season and maybe you get signed to a minor league contract 
And then, who knows? You're up in the majors. Probably, maybe, who knows? Maybe playing in Houston. Hopefully not banging the trash can, but, you know. It is what it is. Now, the other rookie league was known as the Appalachian League. And I am fond of this league because I grew up close to Burlington, North Carolina. And we had, for the longest time, they were known as the Burlington Indians, actually, for 20 years. And then they uh, became affiliated with Kansas City Royals. And thus, they were the Burlington Royals. You look at the teams you have uh, in the East. You had the Bluefield Blue Jays, the Burlington Royals, the Danville Braves, the Princeton Rays, and the Pulaski Yankees. Those were their um, current uh, affiliate teams. From in the West Division, you had the Bristol Pirates, the Elizabethtown Twins, the Greenville Reds, the Johnson City Cardinals and the Kingsport Mets. Now, these leagues were very, very well. Um, they're, well, we'll just take Burlington. Uh, in, I want to say, 34 home games, they had 36,000 people. Pulaski had 91,000 people. Total attendance for the 2018 season was just over 389,000 people. And so, and these are in like real small towns. I mean, the only thing Bristol is known for other than the Bristol Pirates is Bristol Motor Speedway. Martinsville the same way. Uh, Danville was just on the other side of the Virginia-North Carolina border, so they had a natural rivalry with the Burlington Royals. So, the fact that they're getting rid of the rookie level caused them to rethink how they're going to do business. Are they going to fold or not? Well, they decided, in junction with... Um, USA Baseball to be converted to a summer, a collegiate summer baseball league, uh, a wood bat league, because college baseball they use uh, aluminum bats. This is designed for rising freshmen and sophomores. So, look at it from this perspective. Say you're a freshman this season at Coastal Carolina. Or Duke or Campbell, and you you have a good you have a good year, a good enough year where you get invited to play at in Burlington, North Carolina. This would give you exposure in front of members of Major League Baseball and USA Baseball. Uh, this league will be part of uh, the prospect development pipeline. Uh, they are scheduled to play 54 games, but they had to be renamed. Uh, Bluefield is now known as the Ridge Runners. Burlington, because of its um, I, I can't remember re the reason behind it, but their name now is the Sock Puppets. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Danville and Princeton have, as of um, March 3rd, have not announced a new name. Pulaski is now known as the River Turtles. And I, I, I like Bristol's. They're, they're going to be called the State Liners because Bristol actually shares a border of uh, Tennessee and Virginia. So... It's kind of like the Carolina Panthers calling themselves Carolina instead of North Carolina because they're very close to the border of North and South Carolina. Uh, the Elizabethton River Riders, the Greenville Flyboys, the Johnson City Doughboys, and the Kingsport Axemen. 
Uh, no, the X-Men have not uh, agreed to participate. Just, just saying. Uh, and then you have what's known as the Major League Draft, Major League Baseball Draft League. This league will serve as a showcase for top draft eligible prospects leading up to the, each summer's Major League Baseball Draft. Uh, the six teams that have joined this league, the Frederick Keys, the Minoyne Valley Scrapers, the State College Spikes, the Trenton Thunder, West Virginia Black Bears, and Williamsport Crosscutters, uh, formerly members of the New York Penn League, Eastern League, and Carolina League. Um, and they will also have a 68-game regular season. The and their All-Star break is going to be centered around the NBA in a Major League Baseball draft. That's to to put that in in a different context or a, a different sport. Let's just say that the NFL creates a showcase league for draft eligible players in in the spring that has eight teams and okay in the middle of it is the NFL draft so you spend the you spend the first half of the season, say it's eight teams, you spend the first seven weeks trying to prove yourself. And then after the draft, you go, okay, now that I got drafted, I'm using the last seven weeks to uh, prove I don't deserve to be cut. It's it's kind of the same thing. Um, I know it's going to be interesting. It it really is going to be interesting. Um, I hate that we don't have minor league base. I mean that minor league baseball affiliated in some of these towns, but it it happens. Um. The quote rookie leagues will now be um, the Arizona League, the Gulf Coast League, and the Dominican Summer League, which are basically run out of each um, thirty each of the thirty franchises um, training um, spring training facilities. So basically, this is going to be. Now, the, the only bad thing I, I, I don't like about this one is you have teams. All right, let's just take the Arizona League. Uh, the only ones that don't have two teams in it, you've got the Angels, the Diamondbacks, the Mariners, the Rangers, Reds, Royals, and White Sox. The Padres have two teams in it, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Cubs, the Brewers, the Eddies. I, if you're really going to do that, you should have basically go, all right, Arizona League is going to have 14 or 16. How many other teams do their spring training in Arizona? That's how many teams you have. Gulf Coast is basically the same, but with the team's spring training facilities in Florida. Now, with the Dominican Summer League, very simple. You have, heck, there's a combined teams from a combined team from the Brewers and Blue Jays. Why? I think I think with that one, you once again uh, deletes all um, teams or you all extra teams. You have the 30 teams. And you know what? If you want to put them in uh, the, the standard divisions they're in, great. 
if you want to mix it up a little bit, since they're obviously in one area. So say, like, for example, uh, the Astros, the A's, the Cardinals, Colorado, the Cubs, Diamondbacks, I'm just, I'm not going to name all of them. They're all in Santo Domingo. So you can literally have a Santo Domingo League, and you can have a, uh, what's the other? Uh, let me hit the wrong button on the computer. Well, you got some in San Cristobal, some in uh, Paraueva, and San Pedro de um, Marquis. So you can literally basically have divisions based on what city they're in. So if you want to limit travel, okay, you limit travel. You only play teams in the, in the city. And look at like this. Let's say there's uh, eight teams in uh, San Pedro de Marquez. Very simple. Have a quadruple header. Day to night. Day, you know, you can have the first game start at 10 a.m. Next game start at 2. Next game. Well, it is Eastern time zone. So, depending on if there's more, if there's more than one field, you could have two uh, two games going on at one time. So, say you have eight teams, two fields. How about this? You have one game start at field one at one p.m. Field two start at three p.m. Field one start at five. Field two start at seven. That way, and I don't. I probably predict that they really don't sell tickets. So you can just walk back and forth and go, oh man, you know, and you never know who you're going to see. So, that is what minor league baseball is looking like right now. So, my opinion, I wanted to wait until I kind of like divulged what minor league baseball is. Um, I am... Glad that they um, re rearranged it a little bit because some of that some of the travel was just um, stupid. Like like I said, you're playing you're in Nashville in the Pacific Coast League. Uh, basically, it wasn't the Pacific Coast League; it should have been called the Anti Eastern Time Zone League. Um, so it. The only negative about that is they had established rivalries. Now they don't. So it is. It, it's good in a sense where you can create new rivalries. I mean, heck, the Greensboro Grasshoppers and Winston Salem Dash are never really in the same league until until now. Um, Myrtle Beach and Augusta, Myrtle Beach and Charleston. I mean, I'm looking at. At that right there, I mean that that could be good. Um, now they also, and also you also have, especially in this world of COVID nineteen, um, the majority of your farm teams are within close proximity to the main club, so you don't have a situation where. I'll, I'll use Burlington. You have the Burlington Royals. If they needed to do anything with the farm team, they had to go to Kansas City. And you're crossing time zones. Now, I also want to let, let you know that... Um, there you go. Uh, now, this is according to an ESPN article. I will... Make sure I put this article in the uh, description as well as the sports logo article that I used. Um, big league teams will be an average of 200 miles closer to their AAA affiliate, allowing most to be within driving distance of their parent teams. And according to the player development license, it will improve facilities. Salaries for minor uh, for players with minor league contracts are rising. 38% to 72%. 
the weekly minimum rises from 290 to 400 at rookie level, 290 to 500 in Class A, 350 to 600 at Double A, and 502 to 700 at Triple A. For players on the 40-man rostered on optional or outright assignment to the minors. The minimum is covered by the Major League Baseball Players Association Collective Bargaining Agreement and, rise, and raises from 46000 to 46600 for a player signing his first Major League contract. For a player signing a second or later Major League contract, the minimum increases from 91800 to 93000 So, uh, the Atlantic League, the American Association, the Frontier League, and Pioneer League um, will be partner partner leagues, and then you got the two uh, showcase leagues. I think it's going to be interesting. I really do. But I'm, in- I'm interested to see how it's going to play out. So, uh, when we come back, we'll do a quick sign-off. Is there anything else I need to address i will let you know we'll be right back gotta go pay the bills a little bit all right welcome back and before we go i want to give a quick update because Unlike last year, because of the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, we are going to have a NCAA tournament. Oh, this I am so excited for this. Just remember, next week we are going to have our prediction show. I've got some people lined up. We're going to have a panel discussion on who we think is going to win the tournament, who's going to be the Cinderella's, any top seeds who are... I don't know, need to watch their back, but first and foremost, uh, here are the automatic bids as of Tuesday morning. Now, the majority of the tournaments will be held this weekend, including all of the major conferences, but let's start off with the Atlantic, go in order. The Atlantic Sun, Liberty, won their conference. They won their conference tournament and will be making their fifth tournament appearance, their first since 2019. This season, they went 2-3 and three against Power 6 conferences and 2-1 and one against the SEC. Um, notable upsets in the Atlantic Sun was North Alabama, who is ineligible for the NCAA tournament due to reclassification. They defeated North Florida and Florida Gulf Coast to make the finals. This became an interesting situation because Liberty won the automatic bid before they even played their finals. If North Alabama had won the conference tournament, Liberty would have still got the automatic bid since North Alabama cannot participate in the NCAA tournament for another two years. Now, the Ohio Valley Conference, Moorhead State, is make, will be representing that conference, making their eighth tournament appearance, their last in was in 2011 they are six and eight overall in ncaa tournament action and the last time they made it past the first round was oh, i'm sorry in 2011 they made it past the first round for the first time since 1961 hmm so this might be their year they might make i could probably say Depending on the matchup, you might want to look at them as at least winning a game. There really wasn't much upsets in the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament. The only one being the two-seeded Moorhead State beating number one seed Belmont. So, it was a pretty cut and dry tournament. Winthrop will be representing the Big South Conference, making their 11th tournament appearance. Their last one being in 2017. They are 1-10 all-time in the NCAA tournament with their only win coming in 2007 when they upsetted, upset number 6 seed Notre Dame. Now, this did have a couple upsets in the tournament. Uh, Longwood, the 5 seed, upset UNC Asheville in the quarterfinals 
and three-seeded Campbell defeated second-seeded Radford in the semifinals before losing to Winthrop. Now in the drama list, Missouri Valley Conference, Loyola Chicago won the tournament, making their seventh appearance in the big dance, their last being a Final Four run in 2018 that captured the attention of the nation. They are 13-5 all-time in the NCAA tournament. They won the tournament in 1963. And because there were no upsets in the top two seeds in Drake and Loyola Chicago, who were NCAA tournament bound, probably this could... Since both teams made the finals, there is a good possibility there will be two Missouri Valley teams in the NCAA tournament. Next up, you have UNC Greensboro making their fourth tournament appearance, winning the Southern Conference. They are 0-3 in tournament action. Uh, Mercer, as a seventh seed, defeated Wofford and VMI to make the finals. UNCG was the only top four team to make the semifinals. And finally, in the Sun Belt, with, uh, by defeating both number one seeds, Texas State and Georgia State, and Coastal Carolina, the two seed in the East, Appalachian State will be making its first tournament appearance since 2000 and its third overall. They are 0-2 in tournament play. So once again, I want to thank everyone for listening. And tomorrow, oh, not tomorrow next week we will have our NCAA tournament panel I have a few confirmed hopefully I get some more and we will go over each matchup in the tournament and then we will break each region down who's going to be the team to watch who's going to be the upset who needs to look for the upset and our predictions for the NCAA championship so For the Blind Tag Podcast, my name is Kyle Nashheim, and we will see you next week.